Welcome to episode six of the Boyne Team Member Podcast. I'm Nick Lambert. I'm here with Michael Anselmi and Carrie Roeder. Carrie, what do we have in store today? We have another great guest with us today, Dan Beeler. He's our CIO. And for those that don't know what that stands for, Chief Information Officer. I'm so stoked to talk to him and learn about the events that took place over the past year, how the team handled it, and how he led them through it. Um, and also to discuss, you know, what the roadmap for the future looks like technology-wise for Boyne Resorts. So let's get to it. Thanks, Carrie. Dan, welcome. Great to have you on. And thanks for taking the time to join us. It's you bet. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. So let's just, let's just kick it off. You know, I, you know, I know you well, Nick does, Carrie, but for those that don't, What's your background? How did you end up at Boeing? Just kind of peel the onion apart for us. Uh, from the 30,000 foot level, let's see, I, I uh, learned tech, I, got, I graduated from college in, in the late 90s, or, or late 80s, early 90s. I went into the Air Force shortly thereafter. I picked up some technology experience in there. I learned Unix and Oracle. But when I got out, I really couldn't find a job. So I ended up uh, taking a contracting job working in Arizona and um, I went in and out of Arizona for the next little bit, but I spent 20 years here working for uh, Best Western, Shamrock Foods, and Circle K stores. The opportunity came up to go to Boyne, and uh, actually on a whim, I was I really like the Midwest. I grew up in Indiana, and so I decided to uh, fire a resume that way, and, and it went well. Had a good conversation. As soon as I met the team at Boyne, I knew I wanted to work there. So it it, uh, it was a really good experience, and I love it. It's a great place to be. So Dan, I want to dive right into some things that happened last fall, big things, right? We were the victims of a ransomware attack. For for the non-IT pros like Michael, <laughs> <laughs> what exactly does that mean? And then, you know, take it from the top. What happened and what did that, how were we affected? How did we work through it? Just kind of talk through everything. Sure. So a ransomware attack is is basically a a threat actor, that's what we'll call them, comes into your system, either through some backdoor or through some other method. They get access to your system. And then in this case, what they did is they took our files and they encrypted them. So when you have a file that's encrypted, you can't use it. The file is still on your desktop, but it's basically putting a lock around that file. We don't have access to it. So what happened for us is, is that on the morning of October 18th, um, we got the, the ransomware attack started, started at Boyne Mountain. They found, they discovered it doing night audit. That's not where the event happened, but it is where we discovered it. Okay. And then um, we moved forward from that. I got a call. I was in Arizona. I was, uh, my wife and my daughter were hiking the Grand Canyon and we, they just finished that day. And I got a call about three 30 in the morning, six 30 Eastern. And, uh, they said, hey, we have a big problem. Something's going on. Chris Colson called me. And uh, the night auditor had called him. And, and they basically started seeing the files on the night auditor's machine change to easy to lock. And they were unaccessible. So what we did is, like, I, kept, I just remember Chris Colson going, this is bad. This is really bad. This is bad. This is really bad. And it just went from there. So, you know, I, I got everybody involved as quickly as we can. We called uh, Nick Marvin, Ryan uh, Nishaw. Dan Holdley and a few others got the technical folks involved, Mike Dembeck. We sort of had a quick powwow, we decided very quickly to shut things down. 
and move forward. Shortly after that, I got on the phone with the C-suite and we started talking about our path forward. But I can go into great detail if you want, but that's sort of what happened. It's really ironic because they don't really take anything away from you. They just make it so you can't access it. It's and crazy this- because I think all of us, I, I don't know, we all probably remember where we were, what we were doing when you got the news, right? Like I know I was checking out of one of the condos at Boyne Highlands with family. I get a phone call from lodging director here at Boyne Mountain. He's like, our computers are down. I was like, what? And then I will call it a universal oh shit moment for for (laughs) everyone across the I totally agree with that. I remember it like it was yesterday because we were in the Mazowick Lodge at the Grand Canyon, which if you've ever been there, you know the, the service is not great. So I, my phone was going in and out. The Wi-Fi is extremely slow. I'm trying to do a video conference, which was unacceptable. We ended up doing a voice conference instead. But yeah, you're right, Carrie. I know exactly what I was doing. Exactly. So Dan, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought that your team were, were absolute rock stars even before this. How did they dig in to get us out of this? Like, what did what did your team have to do to navigate this? So when the event happened, we found out that um, we, we engaged with our insurance company who put us in touch with uh, another company called CRA. They, are, they do cyber forensics. They're all based out of MIT on the East Coast. A bunch of really smart dudes, uh, gals and dudes. <laughs> um, but so we started working backwards as to what happened in our path forward. What we ended up finding out is the guys that hit us was a company called Evil Corp based out of Russia. And the deal with them is, is that um, you cannot pay a ransom to this company because they're on what's called the OFAC. The OFAC is a sort of a restricted list of uh, people who are known to be like state-sponsored terrorists. So we were within a couple of hours of paying that bill and saying, okay, let's get our systems back. We've already validated that their decryptors would work to uh, unencrypt the files that we have. It would have been a very short path back to recovery, um, but our great leader, Stephen, did not want to pay them, for one thing, which I appreciate, because Stephen's like, if we pay these guys, they're just going to keep doing this. Right. Um, you know, we encourage that behavior. But the path forward, however, did not allow us to pay them. They were on this list. We were with a couple hours of paying them. So what ended up happening is, we couldn't pay them. So we basically from October 18th to Thanksgiving day, we had to recover pretty much every system that we had that generates revenue for our company. So talk about my people that my team is fantastic. I mean, I, I could not ask for a better team. Everybody on my team stepped up. I had teams, I had the folks on the team working some guy, I had a David Siebert, I'll call him out by name, but Nick and, and Taylor Bradford, but David worked, I think in seven days, he probably worked a hundred and, 10 hours, but which was not uncommon. We saw that stuff over and over again. You know, um, we like to talk about eclipse in our company and, and is one of the point basics, but I saw it demonstrated every day during that. Well, I see it demonstrated all the time, but it was highlighted during that period, which was pretty phenomenal. Was this weeks or months? Like how long did it take to, to, to fully bring us back to, to hold? Fully bring us back took months. Um, you know, we, this hit on October 18th and our goal is always Thanksgiving, as you all know. Um, so by Thanksgiving, we had the RTP instances and everything up and running. We had a lot of work to recover later. We had to fix some payroll stuff because we never want people to miss a paycheck. So we basically cut paychecks 
the paycheck that you got on like the 29th or whatever it was, the, the last day of the month in September, you got for several weeks until we figured out how to move forward with payroll because they ended up hitting our payroll environment as well. So the HR accounting and, and IT teams worked for another several months to get that fixed, at least another two and a half months to get that fixed. Now you mentioned excellence and execution, and that is one of our Boeing basics. And part of that means being prepared. Um, how was your team prepared to take on such a gigantic challenge? You know, candidly, I don't think we were prepared for what we saw. One of the things that we have is what we call an incident response plan. If something happens, we, we have a plan on how to deal with it. So typically, and I've been doing this for 30 years, um, the plans are around a department, a division, a resort. We did not think of something this massive would come in. Uh, the, the way that we were hit, they came in, they sat in our system for about three weeks. They understood who we are, what we do. They get, we got access to our machines via some, some, some backdoor methods. And then they deleted our backups. So we didn't really think that that was going to be an option. We have multiple copies of our backups. But anyways, they were able to initiate the storage array where our backups were sto uh, stored. So... Did we anticipate this big of a response or this big of an incident? No, we didn't. We do now. Now we do tabletop exercises, so we sort of plan this stuff out and see how we move forward. And we've taken a lot of steps to, so this type of thing wouldn't happen again. And we've built in these little compartments where we can lock a door off. So if something happens, we get hit by a torpedo, another ransomware attack, we can seal off a compartment. We can keep going down, you know, keep moving along and then repair what we need to do and then and then go on. So we limit the impact of what we happens now, but a lot to be learned. So I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about on the operation side of things that, you know, we learned a lot from COVID, from going through a pandemic. And what did we change? You know, maybe we learned a better way of doing business and maybe there are more efficient protocols that we could take with cleaning and all of that stuff. And we've, we've changed the way we do things because we learned things from COVID. And I remember um, Stephen at one point saying, you know, he felt like this ransomware stuff is like a, it's another pandemic. It's happening to so many people. What did, what did we learn? Are we doing things differently now than we would yeah. have, you know, what technology improved because of it? Yeah, um, that's a great question. We do things totally different now. We have, uh, you know... I won't say that uh, security was ignored. It's just something that wasn't forefront in our industry. And I, and I say industry, I don't just mean Boeing. It's not something that was top of mind for a lot of folks. A lot of these places, a lot of our resorts and our competitors are, uh, started out very small and they sort of grew organically or they're regional. It's not something that was top of mind. So one of the things that we've done is, well, we came up with a comprehensive plan to move the team forward, to move the company forward. So over the last 10 months or yeah, nine months or so, we've been implementing that plan. That means new state-of-the-art firewalls. We put in new phishing tools to manage phishing campaigns. We've built a really strong security around our organization. We've gone through and, and, and set up a bunch of additional tools to manage access and taken away rights from people. Um, we've engaged with uh, a lot of other companies to make sure that uh, we're doing the best things we can do. So we have a couple calls a month where we work with other industry leaders to talk about how they do things and we share what we've done and what's happened to us. Uh, we also do that with some other people in the industry around retail and 
in manufacturing. So we know we're getting a very good comprehensive approach to our security uh, uh, footprint now. So, but you know, importantly, we've shared that information. So we try to make sure that uh, I've had calls with Banff and, and Altera and Powder and Aspen with a, and a bunch of people in our industry to share what's happened to us so they don't get caught uh, in the same situation we did. I love that. I love that about the ski industry that everybody comes together, works together and and can help each other out in those ways. Um, I think the other amazing thing that we saw from, you know, on the resort side of things is all of a sudden, you know, with COVID, we were forced to come into all this new technology. I and mean, we were talking about RFID at our resorts. We've got mm. new online ordering for all of our dining locations. How in the heck do you guys pull that off on top of after like fixing all that mess? You know, that's one of the things when I talked to, to, to the senior team, that's one of the things I was really proud of is, is that RFID was already in, in, in scope. We were already working on it, as was the uh, Infogenesis solution for online ordering for food and beverage. But we, we didn't miss a beat. We were able to still do that. And we were able to do some um, additional work around the e-commerce side for ski online purchases you know we put a lot more technology in place there as well so it's a, it was a really cool and i gotta you know i hand it to my team you talk about excellence and uh, execution my guys crushed it um everybody has a role on the team and they did a really good job so They're working really well people. together <laughs> yeah I, I get to i get to be the one who's you know gets to talk to a lot of people but i always tell everybody i got a lot of smart people working for me yeah you do <laughs> Drive a long bus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dan, you know, you've been through a lot. This is like Uber, Uber super boot camp. You know, you're emerging COVID, you know, who knows what lies ahead, the incident. What do you see in the future for Boyne and technology? What's kind of some, you know, if you high level, mid-level type of things, you know, talking about the near term, also opportunities. Kind of give us a little bit of education that aren't at the pulse of it. So, very good question. I would say we're going to continue down this digital transformation path that we've been working toward. Um, I think we're going to see additional consolidation of systems, much like we did with the the uh, F and B solutions, where we went from six, five or six, depending um, uh, if you call Sears Square an F and B solution, but. It, um, where we went down to a single one with infogenesis, we're going to see that same type of rationalization in our application suites. Probably next will be the the uh, Mountain POS system. So over the next eighteen months or so, we we look forward to replacing Seriousware with RTP at the uh, the day ski resorts out west. We'll continue to um, work on security projects throughout the company. We've uh, done a lot of system hardening. That I see that continuing to happen. We have projects in scope for a payroll replacement that'll take our payroll solution and move it to the cloud, um, some timekeeping stuff as well. And then eventually we'll start working on some of these other systems to include maybe uh, a property management system and maybe a new spa solution. But those are you know months or years out. But there's a lot of work in queue for the team here. So. Well, good. Well, it's good to you know hear that and we're excited because I think these solutions that we put in play this year, the steps we've taken, I think, you know, there's still a lot of things to do, but a lot of opportunity and a lot of efficiency. So, you know, as we started with our executive producer on the first podcast, we instituted something called Final Final. And it's a it's a it's a quite a like a quick 
quick round, you know, like Jeopardy or something where we just shoot some questions to you, get some quick answers, and hopefully we learn some interesting things about you. So we're going to just dive right in with final, final. Final, final dinner menu, and who is in attendance? Dinner menu would probably be steak and crab because, you know, I used to be a fishing guide in Alaska, and I love crab. Uh, and who's in attendance? Probably would be uh, my family. Spend a lot of time with my family, unless you're saying about people that we work with. But if it's anybody, hey, okay, it's, anybody. it's my family. Yeah, <laughs> I have uh, two daughters, two grown daughters, and uh, really like spending time with them. So it would probably be my family. So final, final spot, other than one of our resorts that you'd like to vacation at. I love Kodiak, Alaska, so I'd probably go to Kodiak. We spent a lot of time there fishing. Okay, so I've heard some stories about you fishing in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> Is it true that you took basically a small dinghy offshore 100 yards in the Bering Sea? I took it 100 miles in the Gulf of Alaska. 100 miles? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I took it from, uh, actually, I've done Jeff it a few fish? times. Yeah, I took a... a, a 13-foot inflatable from Whittier, Alaska, all the way out to to uh, past Green Island, Montague Island, so in the, in Prince William Seven. I'm going to say you're not like the typical <laughs> IT guy, IT director. Uh, I heard that a lot, yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was hiking the Grand Canyon when the ransomware hit. He's, he's a renaissance man. He's a re Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Okay, Nick, your turn. All right, final, final. What are you going to live on? Salt water or fresh water? Salt water. Mm, that was quick. That was quick. So <laughs> I was a fishing guide, and I guided in Alaska, and then I was in out of Seward and Homer, and uh, I love salt water. Ah, beautiful. Okay, so then that fishing trip, um, your, like, ultimate fishing trip, where do you go and who do you go with? You know, I'd like to go – even though it's different from my last answer, I'd really like to go trout fishing in Australia. Oh. And I would probably take, I have a really good friend that I was in the air force with and uh, I would probably take him because he's a big fly fisherman as well. Awesome. Brad Keen might be a little hurt by that answer. I would love to take Brad. Uh, <laughs> we do a lot of stuff together, but I, my other buddy is a, that's his passion. And I think Brad, it's just something he enjoys. Awesome. Brad's an executive producer of, of ours. He, he has a lot going on already. He may not yeah, have he, he does. Why not have enough time? <laughs> I don't know how the guy does it as it is. He's pretty busy. Last question. Okay. 110 degree Arizona summer sun or 85 and 100% humidity Florida fall? Either. <laughs> Well, I would probably choose the Arizona sun um, only because it's not as humid and the humidity is pretty tough. Having lived in Florida and Arizona, I would choose Arizona as far as the temperature goes. But as activity goes, I would choose Florida because of the salt water. So I didn't really answer your question, but if I forced, I would say Arizona. That was a great non-answer, like yeah. textbook non-answer. I think I'm going to go to politics after this. A or B, yeah. I will take C. Yeah. Dan. I'll vote. I'll vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Wow, what an incredible time to be a part of Boeing and see our leadership team 
work together so fluidly uh, to work through such a crazy event that happened to us. Um, Dan Beeler, he's like the coolest guy I know, I think. I think you're spot on. I think those guys are awesome. You know, they are Boeing basics in action, right? Excellence in execution. They epitomize it. That's what they did coming out of this ransomware event. I mean, I will tell you, I, for one, feel better knowing that Dan and that whole team are behind the whole company and, and what we're doing here every day. 100%. I agree. God, I just wish they were there when my AOL Instant Messenger account got hacked. <laughs> what? Tough times, Michael. Tough times. Tough times. Tough times. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that, Michael. But I'm not sorry to hear that it's time for Team Member of the Month here on the Lyft Podcast. It's one of my favorite things that we do. We get to highlight team members from all around Boyne Resorts. You can nominate someone by simply emailing us at podcast at boyneresorts.com. Welcome back to one of my favorite parts of our podcast. It's the team member highlight. If you have a team member that you would like to nominate to be featured on the lift, simply email us at podcast at boyneresorts.com. This month, we have Taylor Bradford. Taylor is a systems analyst for the business solutions team. He works for Nick Marvin, but came highly recommended by Dan Beeler. He really is on a great team of IT folks that we have working for us, but Taylor's a problem solver. He comes to us with a table of ideas and solutions. He is great at collaborating, working across our organization, and he had an integral part of the recovery after the ransomware event. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carrie. So we want to know a little bit more about you, Taylor. Where are you from? How did you get to Boyne? Yeah, so I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, and after I finished college at Michigan, I was looking for something to do, so I ended up out in Big Sky to teach snowboarding, um, and from there, I started working on our RTP and uh, online sales, and then moved over to IT, and now about two years ago, joined Nick Marvin's team in Business Solutions. Excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about the ransomware event and what role you played in that? Yeah, so I actually was on my way home from Summit at Snoqualmie and on Monday morning got an email from Nick saying that not sure what we're doing yet um, and basically that we don't have access to anything. And from there, it was kind of just putting together a plan of what we actually had and what we needed to get put back together, fixed and all that. and kind of took a while to identify really where we were at, but once it was time to go, it was time to go and start putting everything back together. Um, lots of long days, long nights, and yeah. So I know from experience, just because I know that you've worked with some members of my team, that you know, you're know you a superstar at what you do. <laughs> um, they lean on you heavily to find solutions when we have different e-commerce issues or a different way that we want to sell a product. Where did you learn all of that? Is that all from, from U of M? Uh, it's just something I've always enjoyed. Um, I've always found it really fun if someone gives me a problem and I have to come up with a solution. And it's always just something I find fun. 
Well, I can definitely tell you that you are well-trusted here at Boyne and a lot of people lean on you. So congratulations. And uh, also another congratulations is in store for you because you were named one of the top 11 under 30 from Sam Magazine. Thank you. Was that a surprise or how did that a all little come bit, about? Yeah. That was a little <laughs> bit of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you're making headlines, Taylor. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We were so proud to have you on our team and also to be able to highlight you as one of our team member highlights here on The Lift. Thank you for having me. It was so nice to have Taylor Bradford on the line. And because this month is all about excellence and execution, Dan Beeler decided to nominate another person from his team and well-deserved Mike Dembeck. Mike is a senior network engineer. He works on the corporate team for Dan Hoadley. Mike is based out of Montana and another rock star IT person for Boeing. His involvement was instrumental in the recovery of our ransomware event. Mike leads the diagnostics and forensic work for Boeing, and he also designed our new security architecture and is leading the way as we deploy all of these new solutions to keep all of our data safe. So, so important. Mike also serves as an escalation point person for our most challenging internal problems. So he's the guy that they lean on when they're not really sure what to do. So congratulations to Mike as well. Both of these guys are receiving $50 gift cards from Boeing Country Sports. If you want to nominate somebody to be a team member highlighted on The Lift, simply email us at podcast at boingresorts.com. Taylor Bradford, solid individual, great guy. I can't tell you how many times over the last 12 months, he's always there with the solution and idea to help us out with all of our products. He is a real unknown MVP at this company. So Taylor, enjoy your $50 at Boyne Country Sports. So you guys, I heard this crazy rumor and I don't know if it's true, but maybe Nick can confirm. Well, the word I got is the next episode, we've got John McGregor on the hook. And no way. if so, I can promise you it will be a memorable episode. I don't know what exactly what material he'll give us to work with, but it'll be worth tuning in for. Cannot wait. You better bookmark the Lyft podcast on your browsers right now. See you guys next episode.